Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. I've been running for a few years now and have the privilege of meeting many incredible runners on my travels all across the country. This podcast is intended to share those amazing conversations. Today's guest is Magdalena Boulay. Magda is the VP of Innovation at Goo Energy Labs and runs for Hoka. She has many podiums and race wins to her name, including the prestigious Western States 100, and she's also a U.S. Olympian in the marathon. In today's episode, we talked about how Magda got her job at Goo nearly 20 years ago and how things have changed since then. We also talked about Goo's partnership with Inside Tracker and how Magda and her team have used a science-based approach when it comes to product innovation. Magda shared some tips on how to manage a busy career alongside her training and family life, as well as what gets her excited when it comes to training, travel, and racing. What Magda seems to have the most pride in talking about is how she's able to inspire other runners as well as her son, Owen, to see that anything truly is possible and that dreams are certainly worth chasing no matter how big they are. Enjoy. Hello, I'm here with Magdalena Boulay here at uh, Goo Energy Labs, and we are going to chat about uh, running and nutrition and fueling and um, the the super cool story that she has uh, over the last few years. So thank you, Magda, for, for joining today. Thank you for having me. Super stoked to be on this podcast. Of course. So the premise behind the podcast is looking at the why and, and sort of understanding what keeps people motivated and what keeps them engaged in the sport. Um, so I guess let's kick it off. Uh, looking back a few years, what what got you out the door on on your first run? Right. So that's a really good question. You know, I think just to start by saying that my why has definitely evolved over the years. But going back to just my first run, it was definitely for uh, for very simple reason is to make friends. Uh, I grew up swimming. And when I moved to this country, it was extremely difficult to make friends while you're swimming in a swimming pool and not really talking to, you know, to t- too many people. So running was my ticket to making friends and keeping it social and getting integrated into a new place. That's awesome. The The community aspect is, is something that comes up more and more, or not more and more, but, but very frequently. Right. Um, and it's one of the things I love most about the, the running community. And not only, you know, our amateurs, talking to each other, but amateurs are talking to pros and pros are talking to amateurs and pros yeah. are talking to pros. And it's, it's super cool to see how, how interactive it all is. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, just thinking of my 
life alone and the friendships that I have made over the years, I've been so blessed to, you know, to say that I still have friends that are really close from college that, you know, we, you know, sweated it out with tears and, and love, you know, trying to compete for, uh, you know, for, for any championship or just, you know, the workouts that we've done over the years to post-college in training partners to now the trail running community. It's, it's amazing how, you know, um, what do you get out of it? Definitely. How has, how has your approach, I know you mentioned your why has changed, but how has your approach to running changed since you were running in college and, and post-collegiately and, and to where you are today? Oh, such a good question. I think that, uh, you know, when I was younger, you know, I was really chasing results. Uh, that was, you know, and I was pushing the envelope, you know, pretty hard, kind of redlining it. And I think I'm a lot smarter now. I think I have learned just from my mistakes. I'm also a lot more educated. You know, I've been in a sport. So it's a combination of like knowledge, uh, experience, um, and a lot of failures, you know, just uh, along the way that um, I've realized that, well, first of all, uh, recovery is part of training. <laughs> it's extremely important. And that uh, the longevity in the sport is also important to me. So it's not at all cost anymore. Definitely. And you mentioned the the chasing results. How has how has your your process changed from, you know, trying to PR everything to to enjoying enjoying the process. I think that uh, you know, especially right now in uh, trail running, I'm really good about setting goals for a a races. Not every race is going to be my a race. So the a race is the one that I prepare the most for. It's the one that takes the longest for me to prepare for. It's the one that means probably the most to me that year or that season. Uh, and just being okay that, you know, I have the rest of my races are kind of the supporting races to, to, to reach that, uh, you know, that a race, uh, mm -hmm. at, you know, my best, uh, fitness and ability, uh, and just being okay that, you know, that the B and C races, I might not perform as well as I would like to, um, because, you know, there's only so much that, you know, you can do in one season, um, and you got to take care of yourself in order for you to come back the next year and then the following year. And, you know, I have plans to stick around for a while. So nice. that's really important. Cool. How do you choose the, the A race? Oh, it's really like from the bottom of my heart. You know, it's, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, I consider myself, myself kind of a late bloomer to trail running so there's still a lot of races that i haven't done and that's been so difficult for me because <laughs> you know you see people that keep coming back to the same race over and over again but it's always at an expense of you not doing something else right. and i'm still kind of exploring all the races that are out there and it's exciting it's what it's what kind of keeps me also you know in the sport so i i usually just follow my heart you know i i, I like to pick my a race as a competitive race but at the same time you know i i do um you know look at the course i look at the community i look at where it is on the map uh so can all you explore it, somewhere new can i can i see a new place i mean this is what this is kind of the fun part of uh doing what we're doing as runners is that especially in trail running that you do get to explore the world in a different way with your own feet and that's the coolest part and you know it's it's it is an important reason why I continue to run. So I do look at the map and uh, 
sometimes pick locations based on you know where it is in the world nice where are some of where are some of your favorite places to race well um <clears throat> Wow, you know they've been all so different um, for so many for so many reasons. Obviously, you know I went back to Chamonix to UTMB five times. Um, you know whether it was for UTMB or CCC, and that's been you know just such an amazing you know exploration for me of the mountains. Um, but I also just got back from Hong Kong, and that was my first time racing there. And how are all the stairs? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> just you know, just uh, such a different like geography and what it had to offer, and I was completely blown away. So I think I'm still exploring, and you know every place that I go to. Just I get something out of it. That's awesome. Um, so let's talk about getting into running. What what brought you to Berkeley, California? Well, I came out here to go to school. Uh, that was number one reason. I think really, you know, I I've never been to Berkeley, but I was obsessed with coming to Berkeley. I have no idea why. Well, I do know. I've read a lot about you know Berkeley as a school and being this you know crazy fun place and liberal and you know I, I kind of you know from far away not really knowing or ever you know never the lay of the land it. yeah yeah I I was really attracted to it so I actually you know committed to uh to coming here before I even put my foot on uh on campus <laughs> but when I um when I did show up when I came out uh for a late visit uh, it was the first day I fell in love. You know, I fell in love with Telegraph. I fell in love with just the diversity. I remember, you know, being taken to, to the hills right above uh, uh, campus and, you know, just being in the Redwoods. Uh, I, you know, immediately I was sold, you know, and the education here at Cal was, you know, one of the best in the country. And that was the initial draw, but what really, really closed the deal was the Red Redwoods. <laughs> Yeah, I was out in um, in the Marin Headlands this morning, and it, there's something special about about the trees and the smell and yeah. those eucalyptus. Uh, it's it's just a peaceful. Yeah, yeah it's a, you know you can be so close to the city, yet you know you have many venues to escape and um, and kind of just you know balance it all. Definitely. So we're sitting here in your office at Goo Energy Labs, and uh, you have kind of an interesting story of how you got to where you are, both from a running standpoint, but also from a professional standpoint. Um, you saw something you wanted and you went for it. Yeah. Let's hear about, <laughs> let's hear about your, your uh, chat with Brian and, and right, how you right. got to, uh, how you got to goo. Right. So it, it was a while ago and it really will come out now in the, you know, uh, in the podcast, but that was, um, wow, over 20 years ago. Um, so I was, um, I was in my senior year um, at Cal, uh, and I was, uh, preparing for NCAAs and I actually was, uh, really, um, you know, in a really good fitness. I was really excited, not really, um, you know, known that well, even at NCAA level, um, until probably that race, but, uh, kind of surprised myself and probably some other people, but I had a big breakthrough. And I remember that morning alone, um, 
you know, four or five hours before the race, I was, you know, watching other races and I was just sitting there and my stomach was like cramping and I was like, I, I can't even eat, you know, my race is four or five hours from now. And there's like, I can't even think of, you know, putting anything in my stomach. And my teammate from Cal, who was a decathlete, handed me a vanilla goo. Um, and he's like, here, you know, just take this before the race. Uh, it's going to be easy on your gut. You definitely need some energy. Uh, you can't just go, you know, hours without, you know, eating. And I remember, you know, uh, having a great race that, that day. And then I came back and well, you know, as a senior finishing third at NCAAs, career was kind of over you know you uh it's not like you know people were waiting there to pick you up say hey you know come and uh represent or you know or company come run for hokan yeah yeah that didn't really happen in 1997 there were some post-college teams but i really wanted to stay in berkeley and i just started to grind and work and work and well unfortunately like the next season i ended up running three five k's in a row like a month apart exactly same time and I was just getting really frustrated here I am trying to like make this a post-college thing and I'm instead of getting better I'm actually not really improving so you know a light bulb just you know went off in my head and I said well I think I'm training hard my training I trusted my training you know I think there are other aspects of uh, my life that I need to take a look at uh, to to see if it's complementary to what I do and nutrition was you know was uh, the next thing on my list to to figure out so um, I grabbed my coach and we basically knocked on the door here at Gu, uh back in you know 1998 1997 and um, yeah I met actually um, so Brian uh, Vaughn is uh, the owner of the company. Uh, his father started the company um, in 93. So um, I met uh, Dr. Vaughn, Bill Vaughn, and we kind of just hit it off and started to talk about, you know, what uh, what I could do to improve my nutrition, uh, timing of my nutrition, dialing it in. And I was really, really inspired by that and you know, that led to a part-time job, doing research, and eventually, well, many, many years later, <laughs> I'm still here having a great time, and I'm in charge of the R&D department, um, the innovation and the research and development, and it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, and it definitely has um, allowed me to pay attention to just little things that make a big difference. Definitely, and we love the, the hashtag eating is training. Um, so what, what's, what's day to day? What is, what is a, a day in the life of Magda at Goo look like? Right. Uh, it's, it's really busy, uh, in a good way. Um, so I, you know, I will bounce. I have a team of, uh, uh, of four people just directly on my R&D team. So I have uh, a sports nutritionist. I have two product developers and a project manager. And um, between, you know, between the five of us, we'll bounce around from a performance lab project that could be a physiology focus and nutrition focus to uh, either innovating new products or improving current products or working with athletes um, directly and supporting them. So it's, you know... It's it's my, my job is definitely um, it's it's not as specialized for me as it is for my uh, uh, for my team. I definitely bounce back and, you know, it keeps keeps my mind really sharp. 
And so Goose sponsors a handful of, of athletes. Do you think that, you know, how much of an advantage do you think that Goo has because of your background in the sport and, and what you bring from, you know, you have sponsors and you work with athletes as sponsor, as a sponsor. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, really good question. And, you know, just being in this world, you know, I remember, I remember, you know, being a younger athlete and really, really struggling just from month to month to make it work. And, um, and realizing, you know, when you're putting so many hours of training and you're putting your career on hold, you know, how much the support of your team, so your sponsors and your partners, uh, partners how much that can make, uh, how much of a difference that can make in your, in your success or how much easier it is to get from point A to B. So I am very cognizant of, uh, um, you know, of when we work with athletes and making sure that we are there for them to support them in, uh, in very creative ways, you know, and you really have to, you know, it's not always about money. It's about what, you know, how you can contribute to their success, uh, you know, their goals in a way that actually is impactful. Definitely. And you mentioned it's not always about money. I remember a conversation I had probably 2015 with Brian Vaughn and he, he said to me, you know, I could just pay the athletes more, but I want I want to create a program that that differentiates Goo from, you know, the rest of the the field and right. the rest of you know the my athletes' potential sponsors. Right. I mean, just you know, just like longevity probably is an employee in any career, we would like to create that here at Goo as well. It's uh, you know, when we work with athletes, we want to contribute you know, by providing services like offering inside tracker blood testing to them. And the reason why we're doing this is because we want to not just dial in their nutrition, but we also want to make them realize that paying attention to those uh, biomarkers is extremely important for their longevity. Whether they stay with goo or not, we hope they do. They need to take care of themselves because it's it's a fine balance. You're applying stress, you know, the training is a stress on the body and making sure that we provide the right nutrients at the right time uh, and then we keep track of it is is important for uh, for our careers. Definitely. And and building on that, on the innovation side of things, it was cool. So we've been working on behalf of Inside Tracker with Goo for two, three years now, right. four years now. And, and two years ago, we started the partnership where the athletes – where where Goo is sponsoring the athletes to to go through the the Inside Tracker program, right. and what I found fascinating was um, many of the athletes had similar had similar, but you know they would check one of five boxes or two of five boxes, and now you guys have supplements that that right. address that address those things. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's a it's a learning you know it's a learning uh, process for us as well. I think that uh, you know once you start seeing trends in deficiencies. Um, you know, minerals or vitamins, or, you know, it, I know it's different. Everyone is different. And that's why we treat our, um, our athletes uh, as individuals. But there are some tendencies that we all have, whether it's vitamin D deficiency or magnesium. And yes, now we and then, you know, just learning about, you know, over the years about gut health. So yes, we've launched uh, 
probiotic uh, supplement for athletes, and we're looking at trends that um, uh, strains that directly correlate to immune system. So we can really focus because you know. As you know, probiotic, uh, just the word probiotic doesn't just apply right to there. everything. Many um, things, many, many things, choices. And it's, you know, it's a very trendy um, area right now, but making sure that we're addressing, you know, uh, either the deficiencies or potential for, you know, for illness um, related to training is what we're trying to do. And same with the magnesium um, uh, uh, capsule. So Definitely. yeah, it's exciting. It's you know the work that we're we're doing is you know is leading us to uh, uh, to creating products, and that's the process that we're trying to uh, to take is that we're looking at the needs of an athlete, and that is how we start the innovation process here at Go, uh, solving problems that athletes um, face uh, in training and and in their career. Definitely, and backed by science and validated with objective data that right. supports. Like, this is a problem. Here's how to fix it. Yeah. Um, one of the questions that always comes up for someone like yourself would be, how do you balance it all? How do you, you, you know, you're training a lot. You're, you have a family. You have sponsor obligations, you know, all travel, right. going to Hong Kong, things like that. How do you, how do, we were talking before, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to balance the travel and um, I don't have many of those things. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm still trying I, to figure it out. So don't worry. It's a very me personal too, question. Too, or a very selfish question here. <laughs> don't worry. I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, you know, sometimes I, you know, I, it depends when you ask me this question. I might have a different answer. <laughs> but um, it's it's not easy. It's not easy, but it's so worth it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I always remind myself that, you know, just it's it's really fulfilling when you can just you know work your butt off um and get close even close to reaching your goal you know um when when something comes really easy to you you don't appreciate as much but when you like you know pour some tears and and, you know i i do have moments where i feel very overwhelmed um or moments where you know where what i wanted to get my training in at this time because the weather was perfect but I end up going at you know in the evening and now it's really crappy and then I'm kind of you know pissed at myself but um but I think it goes back just to you know as an individual I kind of you know approach um my life just just you know like I always did with athletics I create a team around myself um and I'm very um very strategic about like, you know, about my team. Uh, it's really important that you have people in your life that you surround yourself by people in your life that really get you and, um, and will understand, um, and don't make you feel bad. If you, you know, if you miss, you know, certain things, um, in favor of getting your training in, and that's, that's, that's really critical. You know, people that will also inspire you. Um, and, and I, I really, I think that, um, I, you know, obviously I credit my family with, you know, with, with, with being that rock for me. Um, we've been able to kind of morph, uh, running more of a lifestyle in our family than anything else. And that's been, you know, that's, that makes things a lot easier. Like my son gets it. My my, you know, he will never ask me like, well, why do you have to go train? Why can't you like do this? He knows that this is something that you know 
that I live and breathe and it's important to me. And when I come home, I'm such a better mom <laughs> to, right. at home. Uh, and I have a lot more energy. And it's it's funny, like the harder you work, the more energy you have. And <laughs> it's kind of like fitness, right? Aerobics. Right. Like suddenly, like you catch that uh, nice... The second uh, wind. Second wind. And you're like, yes, I, I can... I can do this forever. So same with, you know, same with balancing it. I, you know, sometimes I just want to say, you know, balance is overrated. um, But I do, I, I make sure that when I go to bed at night, that I don't feel guilt, that, uh, that um, my family and myself were fulfilled with what we're doing. And, um, you know, that, I'm making making an impact uh, in the world. I I don't, or just in my community. Maybe in the world is a little bit uh, too strong, but (laughs) that you know that um, what I do has a bigger purpose than just me getting faster and better. Um, It's like a vehicle. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I I think that that's that's the cool thing about what social media offers. That it's not just Magda siloed training. It's Magda picking a goal training for it, sharing the highs and the lows and, and following the experience and, and the ups and downs along the way. Right. I mean, that's how we grow as individuals, right? Um, you know, we, we, um, committing to something that, you know, is a little bit uncomfortable and you know that there's never a guarantee that it's going to work out, but through those struggles along the way, we get stronger, we get better, and hopefully we, you know, it catches on with one or two people in your lives and you inspire someone else to do the same thing. It's beautiful. Definitely. Yeah. Do you like the longer distance stuff because it's more of like the the unknown and like I, I think anyone can run a marathon. I don't think anyone can run a hundred miles. It's a it's it's a it's really it's a really good question. You know, having having done both, um um, it, you know, I, I honestly, you know, some of the marathon training, you know, sessions I've done have been the hardest, you know, sessions, uh, that, you know, that I've done in my life, but it's, it's, it's very different because, um, you know, again, the duration is not as long and you can really perfect it and dialed in and there is definitely less room for things to go wrong both physically uh environmentally like what's outside of you but also in your mind um you know doing something for two to four hours uh, is very different than doing something for you know uh, up to 24 hours where there is a lot more room for things and they for things to go wrong and they always they do, do no yeah. matter what uh, and i think that uh for me the fun part right now is that all the years of experience and me, you know, trying to, you know, to, to, to have that composure in adversity is really paying off in the longer stuff. And I'm enjoying this because, you know, I, it's, it's really not always about the fastest person, you know, to, to win a race. It's about the person that can handle the most, uh, whether the storm, whether it's the storm or your attitude, like as simple as your attitude, you know, and, um, it's it's i think trail running will teach you to you know to to handle the adversity in a different in a different way definitely and then it applies to life i read an article and i think it was outside magazine that that said um basically point blank endurance athletes are better employees and that was the statement <laughs> yeah 
That's a great statement. <laughs> you know, and yeah, I think that, uh, you know, going back to, to your original question, the why, uh, bringing it back, you know, full circle is this is why I do it now because it gives me the opportunity to, you know, to, to, to go through some of the ups and downs and struggles. And, you know, at the end of, uh, each, uh, each year at the end of each, each season, I feel like, you know, I have always walked away, uh, with some growth, some opportunity to, you know, to handle more. And that eventually just piles on. And after years, you know, you're like, wow, you know, I definitely can, you know, can handle my adversity and things can be thrown at me. Um, and I got this, I, you know, I've, I've, I've been there before, maybe a little bit different situation, but I got this and, and in a workplace, you know, let's, let's be honest, things go wrong all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, there's a lot that you can control and there's a lot more that you can't. Right. Totally. How does your son see it? Well, uh, that's, you know, I, I, that's a really good question too. You know, I've been, I've been, um, I've been watching him and, you know, he's, uh, it's been fun to watch him grow, but yeah, I think that a lot of this stuff that I do, he thinks it's really normal and everybody else does it, <laughs> which I keep, well, Mommy's uh, running a hundred miles again. Well, what's your yeah, mom doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which I keep, you know, trying to remind him your mom is not normal. <laughs> Owen, your mom is not normal. <laughs> so we we keep trying to you know to to make him realize that, and it's okay, you know. Um, but it's been more fun just to watch him kind of dive in into martial arts and do things that I cannot do, and see him handle it. Uh, you know, at the age of thirteen, and um, you know, I you know I hope that it's probably too soon to tell, but you know, I hope that when he goes you know to high school and college, he you know, he, he can really apply some of the, some of the observations from, uh, you know, from my, from my, uh, journey as a runner. Definitely. We've touched on it a little bit, but what, what gets you really excited? Like what, what wakes you up in the morning? Oh, the wind in my face. Uh, I love starting a day with a run. Uh, it's where I, where I wake up. It's where my brain, I think just the health of my brain. I think I, um, I can really say that I, you know, it's, it's, it's running is very meditative to me. Um, and, uh, whether I run, you know, just through my neighborhood, through, you know, streets of Oakland or I'm in the redwood trees, it's what keeps, keeps me healthy (laughs) kind of in my, you know, uh, emotionally and I, starting a day like that just gives me superpowers <laughs> and that's what gets me excited because you know i i might have a really long day ahead of me um but at the end of the day i'm super excited that i get an opportunity to you know to to put to put a few miles you know under my legs before the craziness starts <laughs> yes so one thing you mentioned initially that you weren't great at is the recovery so what is what does recovery look like now as someone that truly understands the space and the nutrition and performance and what it takes to be successful? Right. Well, I am very, very uh, thoughtful about what I put in my body. Uh, I think nutrition just, you know, it's not just the sports nutrition that we talk about, you know, you got to make sure that, you know, that uh, you put the right 
uh, nutrients in your body when you when you're competing and training, whether it's immediately before and after. And you know, I think you know, after so many years, I have this dialed in. But I also really pay attention to to the rest of the day. Um, you know, your breakfast, your snacks, your your lunch, and your dinner. And um, you know, I. I focus on a ton of uh a ton of vegetables in, in my diet um you know high fiber stuff um you know i used to be really afraid to have too much fiber before a run um it's amazing you know you, how you got you train really yourself tra yeah. trainable um and you know it depends really like you know what are you training for so really thinking about you know s supporting my um my demand as a runner so the workload that i do with the proper foods um has helped me just with you know high energy and recovering and feeling good and um responding to my training and i really believe that that is you know what continues to you know to fuel kind of the years that i've had in in running um but also making sleep more of a priority that's been yeah, that's, that's tough. That's tough for me um, <clears throat> because, you know, when you when you have, uh, and I only have one child, but imagine if you, you know, had two or three and, you know, sometimes Owen goes to practice and comes home, you know, at 730 uh, and then we still have to eat dinner and then he goes to sleep and I kind of just want to sit down and kind of think about decompress, the day. Decompress, yeah. And decompress and, you know, by, by the time you realize it's almost 10 o'clock and... Uh, and I start really early, so making making those compromises, I've uh, I've really uh, adjusted, you know, my um, my routine, or I'm a lot more flexible and adaptable. So if I do have a late evening, I will not get up really early in the morning. I will sleep in and get my sleep and go on the run during my lunch break, which I don't always like because, you know, I like to sit in the garden with my coworkers, <laughs> and, you know, share my salad. Um, so just being adaptable um, and really putting, putting whether it's nutrition or recovery or sleep um, uh, as a priority and then kind of working my day around it. Cool. What's, what's next? What keeps you excited? What, what do you have coming up? What are goals that you still have for yourself that you know you haven't checked off yet right well i you know last year has been a really interesting year and i you know i kind of uh dipped a little bit into trying uh, stage racing and i i learned a ton from that i learned you know just you know the importance of uh of the immediate recovery uh of you know of uh with nutrition uh from day to day and having you know having plenty of uh uh in your tank on day four or five of a stage race and um and kind of the complexity of it as well as uh, like simplicity <laughs> yes the complexity happens up front when you're preparing for it it's really cool and then kind of the the minimalistic approach to kind of the race like mds um which you know you just you you live off this you know little backpack for 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 you know a full week and stuff that i would probably not consider myself ever <laughs> uh being able to do you know just when you prepare for something like this, it's so cool. So uh, I really enjoy enjoyed it, and I would love to do some more stage uh, stage races. And ever since MDS, I have realized that there are so many of them all over the world, um, which is kind of cool. 
But uh, there are, you know, iconic races that I still haven't done, and Leadville is on my list this year. Uh, would love to, would love to do that, and Lavaredo, uh, and then you know, kind of going back and training for a marathon, which really <laughs> scares me right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, fu- yeah. it's funny how as you go longer, the shorter stuff seems like harder and harder. I was at Western States this last year and I was asking like, what do you think about at the start line? And a guy answered me like, nothing. You don't have to think about anything. Like, I'd rather do this than a 5K. That hurts. Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, you know, you can, in trail running, but I, you know, I've experienced that in marathons too. It's really unique when you just, when you get in the flow and you stop thinking yeah, uh, and you really just, you know, you, you just in this different universe and uh, it feels good and you're just floating on trails or roads. And, you know, I believe that that can happen at any, you know, in any distance. It's so cool when it happens. I was, I had the experience, I'll remember it forever, mile 29 of my first 50K that I ran in November and we were cruising down from the top of Mount Judah in Tahoe. Mm-hmm. And it was just like everything felt good. I felt like I could do it for hours. And it's just this feeling that like right. no nothing compares to it. Right. And you know what? They don't happen every that feeling does not happen every single time yeah. you total line. It's and it's those moments exactly that you just mentioned. It's like, you know, I call it just that cloud nine where you just, it's everything, you're running hard and it's effortless and you feel like you can do this forever. And, you you know, it's, you just realize that, you know, afterwards that, wow, that was very special and it's worth, it's really worth working your ass off for years yeah. and years to have that moment again. And, you know, for me, like, I really, like, I can... In over twenty years of uh, of running, I can probably count on one hand those moments that just felt like that. Yeah, but they're worth it. Like, yeah, even if it takes another three to five years to have that, <laughs> it's okay. I hope not, but yeah, yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, you know, like that having that moment is just a celebration of all the cool stuff you've been able to do up to this point. Yeah. Because the training, the journey of you know preparation. That's the really cool stuff. You know, it's, it, again, it wouldn't really mean as much to you if you didn't put that time put in, in the work, yeah. Tra- the struggle, that, you know, that that floating moment, being in that flow wouldn't be as, you know, as fulfilling. Definitely. What do you think, what do you think gets you there? How do you, how do you get that? It's the day-to-day, just staying, you know, consistent putting in the work, especially when you don't want to get out the door, which happens to all of us. Um, but, you know, and it's it's just that accumulation of work and it's, you know, it's, it's your body just celebrating. It's the best. <laughs> Giving you the gift. It's of- the best. <laughs> One of the things that my coach loves to highlight is that the race is the icing on the cake. It, it's, it doesn't matter, right. but it's a celebration. Yeah. And, and it's the celebration of the, like you said, the day to day, the work you put in. Um, and that's, yeah. And that's what counts. I totally agree. You know, and a lot of, uh, I think a lot of, uh, especially young runners, you know, have a lot of anxiety, uh, when it comes to race day. And I also try to remind, uh, my athletes, like 
see it as a as a reward this is like you you know you you're earning this by you know by today uh by you have an opportunity to race because of all the work that you put in um yeah celebration reward whatever it is it's you know it's uh it's it's a cool moment and you, you know you get to show off like you know what you know what you've been doing and sometimes it doesn't work out but there's always next time yeah and accepting that it like it won't feel good at some point as well right the, you know the longer the race most likely you'll have plenty of moments like that not just one but plenty definitely so let's hear about a day like western states or something that that just went really well what mm -hmm. what was what's what's been your most memorable race Right. Well, 2015, that was my first, uh, definitely first um, uh, 100, and it was at Western States. I definitely felt like, you know, I had moments where I would just, you know, float um, until I took the wrong turn. <laughs> <laughs> so taking a wrong turn kind of just, you know, it, it like shook me up. Um, suddenly, you know, I went from, especially when it happens early, you're still feeling really good. Things are really easy. And it's, it's, uh, it's a lot more likely to be in that zone and be in that flow. Um, especially when you're going through high country and it's beautiful and we had a great year that year. Um, so I definitely was zoning in and out and I, I tend to do that as a runner. Uh, and I, you know, I, there are plenty of races where I won't even see the flags uh, or even, you know, remembered the last time I saw a flag on a course. So, um, you know, getting, uh, uh, getting off the course definitely kind of uh, blew that bubble for me. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly I was uh, in more of a kind of an anxiety um, state, um, a little bit of a panic and trying to figure out, you know, how far, you know, did I go off the course and suddenly like, you know, where am I in the, in the rankings and all, you know, all of, uh, all of the bad things just keeps, you know, coming at your brain and filling it. And I really had to just do some like serious breeding as I was trying to get back on a course and chase down the pack and just, you know, just, telling myself like you need to check your attitude you know this is a long race this is only my mile 30 you've got 17 <laughs> more miles to go and then the other side of the brain keeps going well today in your first 100 mile race you're actually going to run more than 100 <laughs> miles so it's like balancing the negative you know yeah. thoughts with the positive thoughts and you know i remember finally getting to you know, to one of the aid stations, even before I saw my crew and I saw Megan Higgs and I was like, I went off the course. And she's like, just relax. <laughs> and like the way she, you know, she, she looked at me she's like, it's okay. It's a long run. It's a long ways. To Many go. more things will go and wrong I, too. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, she could have said like, you know, you might get off the course two more times before you get <laughs> to the finish line. But you know, just like the tone of her voice is all I needed at that moment. And also like your crew, like your crew is critical. You know, by the time I got to, you know, to, um, uh, it might've been Michigan buff when I saw my husband, um, you know, he, he just, he nailed it. He didn't even, you know, didn't even acknowledge. I think he could see that I was coming in and I was ready to say, Oh, I went off the course. He's like, just, Hey, you're fine. You're, you know, you're, you're looking great. Here's some eyes, like refocusing, you know, the conversation, 
uh, and your mind at the same time. And, you know, just bringing it back to like what really matters, just like go and enjoy the trails. Like there's so many things again that you can control and there's so many things that you can. And I remember just leaving there and I was just like, I'm going to do this. At I'm, peace. Just, I'm, gonna, I'm at peace. I'm going to go and have fun. And I know it's going to be hard and the heat is kind of brutal, but you suddenly start start embracing it versus versus letting you work against you. Definitely. What what would you tell Magda of two thousand and five? Oh wow. Don't train through injuries. Yes. Oh oh I I've I'm almost embarrassed to you know to think these days, you know, how far I pushed on certain injuries where I knew it was hurting. I knew my body shouldn't have been training, but I kind of limped my way and, you know, took longer to warm up. And, you know, I was looking for whatever it took to get me out the door, uh, where in reality, you know, a few days might have just saved it. Saved it. Yeah. And instead I pushed it too hard and ended up on the sideline for two months. Definitely. So, um, don't train through injuries, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, to not to run. Um, I think that I never, you know, back in the days, cross training just at my, you know, in my mind was not going to replace the fitness and it was not going to maintain the fitness, um, that I've gained in, you know, as a, uh, from training, uh, as a, you know, from running. Uh, and now I, you know, uh, I'm a, a little smarter than that, <laughs> and I, you know, if uh, if I can run, I can bike, I can swim, I can hike, and all of that stuff will, you know, be beneficial in a way, you know, to a, you know, preventing from getting, um, you know, making the injury worse or maintaining the fitness. Definitely. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much for yeah. uh, for taking the time. Uh, where can people find you on social media if they want to follow along with your your yeah. journeys? Yeah, your journey. Uh, so handle is at uh, Ranpulay, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Nice and easy. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Magda. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course. Bye. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.